Alright guys, we are back again. Episode 26 of the Corked Up Podcast. That is 2-6. God damn it, Jackie, we are rolling. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Frankie G Lyrical. That is mine. My name is Frank. I am here with uh, my co-host joined as always. You can find him on Twitter at Jack underscore Savio5. His name is Jack. Jackie, how are you feeling today? Frankie, I'm living large. We got Bears finally back this week. Uh, after a very boring NFL Sunday, let's not even talk about week six. Let's just get right into it. Um, with that being said, I'm just kidding, Frank. I, I enjoyed myself actually a, a lot not having to worry about the Bears. Yeah. It's kind of like with the postseason baseball going on right now. I'm kind of just like, it's kind of nice. You know, you get to kind of kick back, watch some good baseball, not have to panic every single second. Some guy hits a fucking ball, you know, 90 feet or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, when right I was in a... Doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. When I was in college, I had a buddy who was a really big Cardinals fan. He was really cool, so we would always kind of banter back and forth. This is at the time when the Cubs were, like, in the middle of the rebuild, so they were really, really bad. And the Cardinals, I don't remember if they had got knocked out of the playoffs or, like, it was just looking very grim for them. And he just looked. He's like, man, he's like, I can't deal with this shit. And I was just like, dude, just come over be a Cubs fan. It's the fucking greatest. The stadium is awesome. The atmosphere is great. And like by May, all the worry is done with. Like our season's yeah. over. And he just like lost it. He really he found that really funny. So thought I'd share good. that with you guys. But not anymore, Frank. Not right? anymore. Cubs are important, kind of. Kind of. Sit at home right now while the Cardinals yeah. are playing in the NLCS. <laughs> well, uh, Frank, we got a good show today. Um, we're yeah. talking about Bears Saints. Um, there were some comments over the week uh, uh, on Sunday made regarding the Bears that I wanted to discuss with you a little bit. Um, I think I, I Frank's flying in blind with these comments. He I, I teased I'm him cold. all day long. Um, I put the carrot right in front of his face, and he, he just he he couldn't he couldn't stand up. He forgot how to walk. Um, but we're gonna do a little NFL Week Six kind of recap some of the games we saw, some things we liked, some things we obviously didn't like. Um, NFL Week Seven, we'll do our picks, save the Bears Saints for last. Um, so Frank, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Um, the first half right now. Um, so I saw some things going on with the, uh, Carolina game and, and Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Kyle Allen is what five and zero, four and zero since he took over, I think five and zero, right? No, he may be four and zero. he's, no, 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 he has five touchdowns, no picks, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that is, yeah. and they, they, cause they were, they started zero and two. Now they're four and two. That's right. Um, and I saw a lot of questions circling kind of going, you know, what, are the what would the Panthers do with Cam Newton? And I saw Adam Schefter report that a lot of teams would have a ton of interest in uh in in Cam Newton. One player specifically, uh, Darius Butler, former cornerback for the for the Indianapolis Colts, um and the and the New England Patriots as well. He actually tweeted out that he would want to see uh the Bears actually trade for Cam Newton. Um, you know, at first you you you, you think it's maybe just for the shock value, and then you kind of Maybe start to to take a step back, and and some fans were actually reacting pretty positively to it. Um, I'm not necessarily asking you what you'd think of of maybe Cam necessarily as a, as an overall player with the Bears, but you know, is, is that a fit? Is that is that something you would be at all curious to see right now with some of the struggles that that Mitch has had so far to begin the season? I and again, I, this I, is this is assuming that Cam is going to be at some point 100% fully healthy. Because right. we don't know if that's ever going to happen again. Right. I think I, I wouldn't take another quarterback in the league over Mitch right now. And that's not to say that I think he's the best in the league. 
There's two reasons for that. Number one, we drafted him high for a reason. So he has to lose this job. Like he has to prove that he's actually bad. You, you don't want to draft someone that high, give them two years, <laughs> and then that be done with them. Like It's just not the way the NFL works. That's number one. Number two, you can even throw that completely out of the window. When is the last time we saw a quarterback just get plugged in and just take a team you know, to the mountaintop? Minnesota tried it. How's that working out for them? Kirk yeah. Cousins is, is doing Kirk Cousins things. Like I, I can't off the top of my head, I can't think of a team that's done that. Um, Brett Favre went to the Jets after his retirement. They looked awful. Granted, I remember he got hurt and he tried to play through it. I think it was a bicep tear. And then he went to the Vikings and they had some success, but not very much. Like Donovan McNabb tried to go to a few different teams after uh, the Eagles and it just it didn't work. Like quarterbacks just being able to be plugged in doesn't work like I you know what I mean like you even look at Jimmy Garoppolo granted he got hurt last year but he he was young enough that he was kind of treated like a rookie we're going to take our time they didn't start him right away we want to ease him into the system like so that's that um format for a quarterback is usually what works let's say we trade Cam for whatever draft capital that it takes it's not going to change anything this year or, and probably not next year. Like it, that's just not, this isn't Madden. You know what I mean? So when people say stuff like that, it, it, it's very different for the quarterback position in specific or, or specifically because it just takes so much more to be a quarterback. It's not like, Oh, we need a pass rusher. Let's plug him in. Khalil Mack in comes. He has an MVP type of year. All you have to do. And it's not to take away for what edge rushers have to do, but it's the same job everywhere. Right. It doesn't matter the system. It doesn't matter. All you're doing is trying to get the quarterback. And quarterback is totally – there's to, so many different offenses. There are different weapons that you have to learn. You have to be on the same page with all of them. There's a different offensive line. There's different terminology. It's just I, – I wouldn't be a fan. I don't want a different quarterback for this year. If Mitch continues to be bad – and granted, I don't think he's been bad enough to lose, lose his job for next year. So let's say worse than he was before the injury. There's I just don't see the point in it because it's not going to end – it's not going to end well. Yeah, and, um, you know, I want to start by saying, of course, I, I'm not necessarily saying I agree with this or disagree with this. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I think what it does is it kind of speaks a little more towards the the kind of outlook that a lot of people outside of uh, Chicago have on Mitch Trubisky. While it seems like most people in Chicago like him even less than a lot of people around the league. But I think other other people just kind of see the that quarterback as, as a whole for the Bears right now. And I think until Mitch proves them wrong... Um, I, I think they're there. That's kind of warranted. Um, as far as cam being a, a fit in terms of maybe, you know, once he's healthy, just overall, I don't know if cam is a, is a great fit with this offense just because of the, what, what they're trying to do. Um, it's try, it's more of an open type offense. Um, and, and if, if, if the, if it's true that this offense takes at least two to three years to master, um, you know, how much, how much, how fast is Cam going to be able to pick up this offense just based off of all the things that Matt Nagy's looking to try to do? Um, I do think he might be a better fit in terms of their RPO type stuff, just because mm-hmm. Cam is a proven runner um, in the NFL and we, we've seen him sustain some hits. That being said, he's also been injured on a lot of these hits and, and has kind of been beaten up pretty recently. So you, you wonder how, how often Nagy would want to expose him to something like that. Um, I just thought it was a fascinating kind of proposition, not obviously because the Bears were involved, but also because it, it's it just kind of opens the lens in terms of how other people view the Bears right now. And clearly people think that quarterback is a need for this team. Um, but one thing that I think is going to is going to impact this offense no matter what 
uh, is the offensive line play. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter who's going to be up there. Um, and we did hear some news uh, earlier this week. I think it was uh, today and, or yesterday into today um, was that Kyle Long is going to be placed on IR. Um, you know, Frank, we've, we've seen him play, you know, through injuries in years past. We've seen him placed on the IR a bunch of times. We saw how he played this year. What are your thoughts on this move to, to, to move Kyle Long over to the IR? I mean, it, I think it had to be done. He, you can clearly tell he's not playing at a hundred percent. And at this point, we don't know even if he, you know, is ever to get back to a hundred percent that he's going to be a good football player any, anymore. The last couple of years have been pretty bad for him. Um, and I would hate for, well, I'd hate for two things. One, I would hate for people to forget how good he was before these injuries. And when he was in his prime, I mean, he was an animal and he was a guy that, you know, was looked at as a reach at the time of the draft. And he really proved everybody wrong. I mean, he was kind of like Quentin Nelson before Quentin Nelson. Like he, you know what I mean? He came in and, and really locked down that interior line for the bears and was very athletic, was really good on pull plays. Um, The second thing that I would hate is that while it does seem like, I mean, like I've said before, Chicago bears fans have a hard time letting go and they continue to make excuses for him. And they continue to want to see him get out there so I would hate for whoever his replacement is, assuming it's next season, to have to live up to this all-pro status. Of course, we would want an all-pro right guard, but if we just can get an above-average one to to help with the offensive line, that would be more than enough. But that wouldn't be good enough to appease the the, the Kyle Long apologists who are out there just waiting on any little mistake for the next right guard. You know I, what I mean? I, yeah, I think what we're going to see is probably Rashad Coward um, moving yeah. to the interior and play some right guard. Ted Larson will probably still be his backup. Um, it's not necessarily, I, I hate to say it's good for the offensive line because you never want to wish injury upon anybody, especially someone like Kyle Long, who's just been almost the face of this offense for, mm-hmm. for however long, pretty much since Cutler left. Um, just because he's been so consistent, he's been so good. He's got the right attitude, um, you know, to play on the, on the bears, especially on the offensive line. He's one of the most iconic offensive linemen that, that has been, here saying in years past just because it's been almost that bad yeah. um but but like you said he's had the success uh all pro pro bowler you know just special right guard and unfortunately he's just dealt with so many injuries and and i think as much as we don't want to say that you know we don't want to wish injuries upon anybody it's almost kind of like this this could help just because if he's playing injured is he doing the right thing uh, for the team by, by trying to play through it? Is there someone who may be a little bit better? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's a guy with pedigree. So, so you can't, you, you have to at least show the veterans, like, listen, we maybe, maybe we think that coward's better right now, but Kyle Long is Kyle Long. He's the leader of our team. We're not just going to bench him. We're going to give him a shot to play until he can. And I think that's kind of what happened here. So it maybe we, and I'm not saying that Kyle Long was the, was the, you know, what was causing all the issues with the offensive line. I don't think that's the case, but if we can get this line to be a little more athletic, um, a little bit stronger up front, that can only help, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, at this point, I'm not opposed to anything. If that means having James Daniel move to guard and white here, I mean, something has to give with this offensive line. It's, it's very hard to judge this offense, no matter who's at quarterback. And it's not to make an excuse. I continue to say this and I hate that I have to preface it, but people are really stupid. It's not to say that the quarterbacks have been good, but behind that offensive line, you like no quarterback can do anything. I mean, you'd have to be Michael Vick elusive to consistently to get things done in this offense with that offensive line. 
Well, and and that's something that, you know, I feel like we keep saying and people keep getting on us about over and over again. And it's just like I I understand why people want us to just shit talk Mitch and just, you know, bash him and tell him he sucks and he's terrible. But it's like you have to be realistic, too. It's like and there was a great article that was written as well that I, I, I read. I believe it was NBC Sports Chicago where it was like, you got to realize this is not all Mitch's fault. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it should. I had be sent that to you. On, yeah. 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 You sent it over to me that it, the play calling Nagy offensive line, the wide receivers. There was a perfect example. And we'll talk about this a little bit later when we recap week six, man, Tariq Hill going up and getting and making that catch mm-hmm. uh, to, to score the first touchdown. That's going out and helping your receiver. DeAndre Hopkins. There was a play at the end of the game where, where Deshaun Watson throws what, like a two yard route. We've seen the bears do that all the time. He gets hit doesn't go down, breaks the tackle, goes and runs for the first down. It's like everyone around, if if everyone around Mitch was doing their jobs and they were just not scoring because he was missing throws or he was making incorrect reads, then okay, fine, get on him about that. But I think there's just so much other stuff going on that people are just pinning all on Mitch just because you look, you're not happy that that they we missed out on Deshaun Watson and, and they missed out on Patrick Mahomes I get it, but it's almost, I I don't understand. I've never really quite seen something like this where a a fan base of a certain team just hates who they're playing, who's playing quarterback. Like Mm -hmm. there's almost no loyalty to him simply because he's not Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. And it's kind of weird. It's just kind of weird to me. But it's to a point that they won't even acknowledge the good things that he does. Exactly. The the game, you know, the game before he gets hurt, he goes out there and plays the best game of the year and plays a good game. Granted, it wasn't great. And everyone, oh, he threw that one pick. And it's like, what the fuck are we talking? Mahomes throws picks. Everyone throws picks. Yeah. If I can get him to give me three touchdowns and one pick every single game, that's a good quarterback. A three to one touchdown interception ratio. That is an incredible quarterback in this league. Right. And and, and to your point, it's it's like everyone just they can't acknowledge when he does anything right. And it's like Mm -hmm. but but it's weird to me because everyone talks about how he needs confidence. But he has this entire fan base telling him he fucking sucks. (laughs) Like, yeah, don't you want to be behind your guy? And, And it's just. Where did the where did the the status of you know like the Bears kind of being like okay yeah he's not Pat Mahomes and he's not Deshaun Watson he's our guy and we're gonna be behind him mm-hmm. and it's like he hasn't in my opinion done anything outside of maybe not playing as great as he as he could but at the same time it's like the first year he was in a, just a garbage offense I don't even call it an offense the John the yeah year, that year didn't even fucking count the second year we he improved. A vast amount, maybe mm-hmm. not to the point where he's, you know, solidified a number two overall status, but he, we saw that growth that we wanted to see this year. Obviously it hasn't been as much, but it's like, he's not a jerk. You know, he's not like a dick that mouths off or anything like, like mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, fuck the fans. You know, he's no, we've heard him nothing, but be nothing but professional. And I'm not quite sure. I understand why fans are so on him. And I, 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 I know why it's, it's because he's not Deshaun Watson and it's because he's not Pat Mahomes. But I think that's just unfair to him. You know, just accept what we have and just kind of and go with it. You know, run with it. This is it, you can't go back and change the past. Get over it. Yeah. And I feel like it's just it's going to Bears fans. I, 
I just don't think are going to get over it. And, and it's unfortunate, you know, they're not, it's, it's just such thing, a weird situation. But, and, and the other thing as well, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can, we can move on after this is that Alex Smith was a bust until he wasn't anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. guys just take a little while and he was in a similar offense, an offense that takes two, three years to, to really master, you know, and it, it's, it's going to look different for everyone. So for people, and th- that's what also bothers me about people wanting success immediately with these young guys. They want them to be thrown into the fire. And I, I feel bad for guys like Josh Rosen and Dwayne Haskins because we're going to be looking at next year and they're already going to be called busts. And they really even had, they haven't had an opportunity to really show themselves. And to this, to a similar degree, Mitch is in that boat as well. He had seven or eight games under John Fox and a fucking terrible offense. He has a, a solid year in his first year in a real offense, basically his rookie season. And now going into the second year under it, he's had a couple games under his belt and then he's been hurt. It's like and he hasn't shown us that he's been good or bad. He's just kind of been here. So, like, let's just relax. Can you believe that there's a real genuine possibility that we may see a quarterback drafted in the in the top 20 in the first round and then the year after traded to another team? And it may happen to Josh Rosen not but, once. Yeah. Twice. I think what is he supposed to do if I, yeah, it's really hard for people who are saying he's, you know, he's terrible. He's the worst quarterback in the league. He hasn't had a chance to get his feet. Well, yeah, like he doesn't even know these offenses that he's in or the players he's throwing to like, and what the hell are we, and he has no offensive line or, or running game. No matter where he goes, he's in Arizona fucking, uh, uh, David Johnson's coming off that injury and didn't look the same. The offensive line was terrible. He goes to Miami. Their offensive line is fucking, I mean, he calls hike and there's three defensive linemen on his back Yeah, and no, they're, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's bad. It's yeah. I feel awful for him, but I mean, those guys are kind of in the same boat as Mitch. Mitch obviously is a little bit more proven than them, but it's like, they haven't been given, well, they, well, Haskins and um, Rosen haven't been given a fair shake at all whatsoever. And Mitch, to a degree, has been given a shake, but it hasn't really been the fairest. It's just like we haven't given him enough time yet. Yeah. And and, and, and if he just continues to prove or I don't even want to say continue, if he proves that he's a bad quarterback, I'm off the wagon. Like, don't get no. I'm not one of those guys who's just going to see something that's not there. You are. I'm also going to. We talked about it last week. If, if, if that's what it is, I want it to happen soon. Oh, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait five years to to figure out that Mitch no. is a good quarterback. That's wasting exactly. this defense, the the payroll that they have. Like they they're gonna have to start paying people eventually. And it's just yep. like, okay, if he's not the guy, why why are we sitting here wasting time? This is almost the same thing with Nagy. If you know he's not the right fit, then just you know eventually just just move on. Yeah. Uh, but before we we jump, you know, we preview Bears Saints, Frank. I want to ask you one last question about just the team overall, and then we'll kind of get to Bears Saints. One question that I saw posed, and I thought it was very interesting. It's something we haven't really talked about too much. We've talked about it in pieces, but it almost kind of put the puzzle together for me. Um, you know, we obviously compare this this offense, the Bears offense, to the Chiefs, to the Eagles, because of, of the head coaches, the familiarity with the playbook, the play calling, all of that. We've also talked about why it seems that this offense kind of doesn't really click and maybe hasn't really clicked since Trey Burton has been out. We saw what happened in the game against the Eagles. We saw in the playoffs, we saw what's happened so far since he really hasn't been a focal point. And and we've kind of wondered like, you know, what is it about this offense? Why aren't things clicking? Someone brought up the point that I found very interesting was that we can't compare the Bears offense to, to the Chiefs and to the Eagles because they don't have a Travis Kelsey. They don't have a Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. The Bears obviously brought Trey Burton in to be that type of tight end. 
is this offense just so maybe reliant on a good quality tight end that maybe when they don't have one, and maybe that explains why they drafted at, oh, I guess they drafted Shaheen um, in, in 27 or 74. no, they drafted 2018, no, no, 20, right? 2017, 2017, 2017. He was a second round pick. Yep. Thank you. And, and just, you know, maybe that's why they, they just wanted that, that athletic tight end. They brought in Burton. Is there something to it? You think that maybe just, Without that tight end, this offense maybe just doesn't click the way it should? It could be specifically the tight end. What I do think it is for sure, though, like regardless of position, is that we don't have just that safety, that that you know, that safety blanket, that that guy on third down to go to. Mm. Like I would love to have an Earl Bennett in this offense, just a slot guy that can work the middle, that knows how to sit down in the cushions of the defense and the openings of the defense and be and get open. And it seems like we just don't have that. And last year, Trey Burton was that. He worked the middle of the field great. He ran little dig routes. He ran little stop routes in the middle of the field. And it doesn't seem like anyone else could do that. And and I, I think a good slot receiver can do that. I think a good tight end can do that. Obviously, you look down the tight end list, Trey Burton's really the only guy. Well, Holt has shown a little bit, but obviously the book's still out on him. Shaheen hasn't looked great. He's he's taking some steps forward. And Bradley Sowell is just a skinny lineman now. Like he can't play yeah, tight no, end. I think I think they made a mistake by by switching him over to tight end. I think that I was agree. A but I, the more I'm thinking about it, who have we really lined up in the slot? The only guy who's looked good is when we lined up Allen Robinson at the slot. Yeah. Well, and and it's, but you don't want him exclusively in the slot. Like I would love to have a Tavon Austin. Give me a Earl Bennett. Give me someone who can just man the slot. Yeah. And 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 do so. It doesn't have to be a Wes Welker where he's your number one out of the slot, but just someone that Mitch has a good rapport with and trust on third down. And Allen Robinson is the only guy that he seems to trust on third down. And and that's and I think that's the issue where that we've talked about where it comes to Anthony Miller, where he was supposed to be that that guy. And yeah, he is I has that outside speed, he's got the outside weapons. But the idea was is that you'd have Allen Robinson and Tabor and Taylor Gabriel on the outsides, and then Anthony Miller kind of working that slot almost in the Antonio Brown, you know, o, o, Odell Beckham type range. And and outside of, of Allen Robinson so far this year. Who is another name? One other offensive playmaker, not just a wide receiver, but an, uh, and maybe even the running backs, maybe exclude them because just the way that they've been playing and, and used so far, there there really isn't another playmaker right now. Not just a guy who can catch the football. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a guy who will make a play for you, make a play yeah. happen, break a tackle, you know, get open, do something to help. We saw Anthony Miller make a, a fantastic catch against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. That needs to continue. That needs to I agree. Be, that, that doesn't, that's not a once every five game type thing. That's once every game that needs to happen yep. for this offense to start clicking a little bit more. And I, yeah, no. And to your point, and like I said, that's why I think there's kind of people on both sides of the fence. And I said this last year, it's either on the players or it's on Nagy because it, they never seem to really be open. Like he's not scheming them open at all. And granted, that, can, that can't happen every play. Right. But it doesn't happen at all, all game. And when you're watching these really good offenses, I mean, I saw yesterday I was watching the Eagles game. Alshon Jeffrey was just wide open sometimes. And he's their best receiver. Like that shouldn't happen. Michael and, and, Thomas sometimes is just wide open. And, and, and it's and like, why the, why don't we The get Chiefs that? and Texans <laughs> game, that's all you saw. All And, and granted, yeah. You know, those defenses maybe aren't aren't great, but uh, the Bears haven't played a lot of great defenses so far this year. Um, yeah, and that's what frustrates me with the coaches is that I just feel like 
while the players haven't been doing their best, the coaching hasn't done them any favors either. Yeah. Like if you get them two or three plays on a drive to get them in that rhythm and that confidence is up, anything can happen at that point. But that really hasn't happened this year. Speaking of of great defenses, uh, I think the Bears are going to face one of their best that they'll face maybe all year all year round with uh, with the Saints coming into town. Um, we'll kind of preview this game and then we'll take a take a quick break and come back. Um, but Frank, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on on sort of the Saints coming in? I thought it was interesting that the Bears are, are three and a half favorites. Um, it sounds like Mitch. Pra- it, I, it doesn't sound like Mitch did practice today. Mm-hmm. He returned. Taylor Gabriel came back as well. Um, so, you know, things trending in the right direction for Mitch. Uh, not quite sure if Drew Brees is looking to come back. If I'm the Saints, I'm probably not pushing it until maybe they're home again. Uh, yep. Teddy Bridgewater has been serviceable so far, uh, although it looks like he's been kind of worse and worse and worse each game. Um, what are your thoughts on the Saints just kind of kind of overall? And maybe what are some keys to the Bears winning this one? The, um, they've looked good. They've looked really good. I mean, sh- th- this year, and it was funny because I think the first start that Teddy Bridgewater had, the commentator had said something along the lines of like, man, like, you know, Sean Payton hates to see Drew Brees go down, but this is the type of stuff he lives for. Like, he sees all these young guys that have kind of taken his spot as the offensive gurus, and like, this is it. He handpicked Teddy Bridgewater to be the backup quarterback as much as he loves Taysom Hill, but it's like he wants to show people that, you know, he can still scheme for wins because Bridgewater... He isn't good enough to get a win for you, but like he can't win. You can't win because of him. You can win with him. And Sean Payton isn't doing a hell of a job, man, with if, that offense with Teddy Bridgewater. If the season and if the season ended today, he's my coach of the year. He's, oh, one hundred percent. No doubt yeah, about it. One hundred percent. And um, I said all that to say. I said this last week. That, I mean, this is what I wanted the Bears offense to look like. Forget the numbers. The Saints offense hasn't been putting up in, like great numbers under Teddy Bridgewater, but the eye test is being passed. He's making the right throws. He's making the right reads. Players are open. Michael Thomas is going off for big games, and he's even schemed open for two or three throws a game. Yeah. It's like that's all I want from the Bears is to go vertical, to, to be aggressive no matter who is in that quarterback, and to just trust people. And Sean Payton trusts his offense enough that he's going for two and going for onside kicks when he doesn't even need to. You know what I mean? Like, he just trusts that, de- that defense has been yeah. firing. Yeah, they've been firing on all cylinders as well. I think the Bears are favorites, and I don't have the splits in front of me. Full disclaimer, we're recording a little bit earlier than we usually do, and I, I did want to get some stats for that. But just historically, they haven't been a good road team. I'm assuming it ha- I, I've watched them play. I don't always pay attention if they're home or away when I'm playing. I'm more so paying attention to my fantasy players and kind of watching <laughs> six games at once. But I know they're not as good on the road as they are at home. Um, obviously they're coming into Chicago on grass. So that takes a lot from them as well. They're a speed based team as usual outside of Michael Thomas, who is more so a possession guy. They have Ted Ginn, who's very fast. Obviously Alvin Kamara is very fast. Um, and I think that's why the bears are the favorite. What I'm hoping for is a bounce back game from the bears defense, which if, if anything from last year, you know, proves itself. They had a couple bad games last year and they bounced back to have their best games of the year on defense. So I'm not yeah. worried about that. I'm not worried about Teddy Bridgewater really beating us. Alvin Kamara has been hurt. He may not play against the Bears, which would obviously work in our favor. But even if he does, he hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. I think it was it's a quad injury that he's been dealing with. I know it's a lower body, quad or ankle. Um, but I really hope that Mitch comes out and has the Sam Darnold type of game that he just had yesterday. Kind of comes back from an injury, you know, puts kind of an exclamation point on this start and shows them, hey, like I, I'm, I'm here. Like this is going to be our year. Let's go. 
but I'm not going to lie to you and, and, and tell you that it, it, it's a scary game for me. I, I would have much rather us be playing the Chargers this week instead <laughs> of the Saints kind of flip these weeks just yeah. to get Mitch a little bit of confidence coming off that injury. But what I would hope happened is that he really sat down, reviewed some film, continued to look over the plays, and continued to build a rapport with his weapons. But it's a scary game. It's it's a very scary game, but you know these are the games that the Bears have to win to prove everyone right. We came in this year with expectations. We didn't come in this year thinking we were gonna you know uh, lose to the Raiders or you know not have a chance against a team like the Saints or yeah. or the Rams later on this year. Like we there there should going into this game and it's probably not gonna happen, but there should be a good amount of NFL writers or or people just around the NFL at ESPN that are picking the bears and it's not going to happen because, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I'm looking for, for big games from, from mostly the interior of the line, uh, the defensive line, um, linebacker play is going to be huge. I need to bro yeah. to look like he's, uh, he's figured out whatever happened to him a couple weeks ago before, uh, the Vikings game. I need to know, I need to make sure that he's okay. Cause he looked absolutely lost against the Raiders. He, he looked like he did not know where he was supposed to be. And it, and it kind of impacted everyone around him. Um, I need this game's going to be very tough for Khalil Mack and, and if Leonard Floyd, if he actually decides to play, uh, considering we, we he's been on a wanted uh, missing poster for uh, for the last three games or so. But it's going to be tough for for Mack with against these tackles because these tackles, Taron yeah. Armstead and, and, and Ryan Ramzik are, are two of the best in the league right now. And the Saints offensive line opening holes left and right for, for Kamara and giving Bridgewater time. So I think that's going to be important for the interior Uh, cornerbacks. I think the defensive backs are going to have to make a play. Eddie Jackson, it's been too long since he's had an interception. He needs to get one uh, for this game. And they they need to make Teddy Bridgewater look like a guy who's a backup quarterback. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he is. I've liked the way he's played so far, but he's, you know, teams are starting to figure him out a little bit more and you can kind of see it. Um, But, you know, I, I need the defense to start creating some turnovers a little bit more. If Mitch plays, I have a, a lot more faith in them winning this game. If it's Chase, I don't think so. I don't think they win. I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. I agree. Uh, I, I want to see a commitment to the run game. I don't care if it if it works, but you see the the best teams right now with the best records, they, they run the ball 30, 40 times a game. I understand that's not what Nagy wants to do. It's not in his DNA. I get it, but you have to do it. You have to you have to start opening some holes. You have to start giving some time for the quarterback. You can't just be in the pistol and the shotgun and throwing the ball at all every single play of the game against this defense. You're not you're just not going to beat them like that. that that's just, it's just not going to happen. I agree. I, and and my thing is, if you're not going to run the ball thirty or forty times a game, I'm okay with that. But you then you have to be aggressive and let your quarterback sling it like. That was the one thing that always bothered me with Mark Trestman was that they said, oh, he doesn't run the ball, but he throws like little out oh routes to the God. running back that take it. They're basically the extended, run plays. The, the, the extended, extended run. run plays. No, 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 no. That's not how the end. That's not how this works. That's not how the NFL works. So like Nagy, if he thinks, oh, yeah, this this quick little RPO slant route, that counts as a run. No, it doesn't. Like it, it, it it's a totally different blocking scheme. It doesn't take defenses. It doesn't give them anything to worry about in terms of play action fakes or RPOs. No, that's not how this works. So, like, if you're going to throw the ball 50 times, I'm completely okay with that. I really am. But be aggressive, go downfield, go vertical. 
You yeah, can't I need, throw the I ball 50 times and everything be intermediate to, to, to two yards in the air. I, yeah. It just, it, you can't have it both ways. And, the, and then the, the next biggest thing is if, if Trey Burton is healthy and you would expect him to be now that he's had a, a, you know, a week off to kind of get right, he needs to be a big focal point. We talked about it a little bit earlier with the, with the, how the offense kind of operates, but if, if he's going to have a big game, it's going to have to be this one. Cause Allen Robinson's going up against Marshawn Lattimore and he's probably going to be following him around. And if Taylor Gabriel still kind of hurt, we need some guys to step up. The, the Bears need to have people step up. And, and if and if that's just not – it can't just be Allen Robinson the entire game. And Adam yeah. Shaheen, I'm sorry, it's it's now or never. If he doesn't do something big in this game that I, I'm I, – I, Frank, I know you don't like to call people busts early on, but it's starting to look that way for, for Adam Shaheen. He just looks – he looks dopey. He just looks like a dope. He, there. Yeah, you know he does. I mean? and, and when you look at guys, granted, he hasn't been the the best and he hasn't really progressed all that great. But like a guy like Mike Gesicki in Miami has kind of the same profile, but he just looks like an athlete out there. Like yeah. he, he made a good catch yesterday down the field. He just has this athleticism about him. And when you look at Adam Shaheen, he just looks like a fucking fridge out there. Like he, he can't turn very well. He doesn't cut very well. He doesn't block very well. It's like, what are you here for? Like, why were you a second round pick? Or you just don't look the part, you yeah. know? Yeah. That, and that's the biggest thing. He just doesn't look like he belongs on an NFL field. And that was a lot of the, the problem with, with people saying like, he's coming out of Ashland as a second round pick. And, and that was one of the more questionable picks. Obviously he hit on Cohen in the same draft, but mm-hmm. it just, it just didn't really make a lot of sense at the time. And we're starting to see kind of why, um, I just think this is a big game for the offensive line uh, and, and the run game as well. That's that's what I, I know I keep calling for it, and I'm going to until mm-hmm. it, it starts work, paying off. I want to see more play action. I feel like I we do just too. don't see it a lot, I, it, other than like the, the oh, fake handoff to, to Cohen or to Montgomery and then pull it back and throw it. Like, no, I want to see some like out-of-the-eye type of, of mm-hmm. play action. We, we've... We've seen, we've heard that it's part of the offense. How many times did we see Alex Smith run that to perfection? That was a huge part of that yep. offense. And Mahomes has kind of elevated that game a little bit more. They don't need it as much, but it's like, if if your quarterback is struggling, get him some easy throws, but not, I'm not talking like two yard outs left it. Like get some confidence, get short second downs. Don't make this harder than it needs to be And this. Yep. The saints are going to, it's going to be a challenge. It's probably going to be one of their biggest challenges all year. Um, and I, I'm just curious to see how the, how the game plan for this one, Frank. I am too. I am too. I keep calling for him to be more aggressive and Nagy has been more aggressive than the first couple of weeks, but granted Chase Daniels in the game. So you really want to put him in game manager mode, but if Mitch is in the game and, and I continue to see this conservative shit, I'm really going to lose it. I, I, I can't <laughs> like be, and it's just because the defense is going to have games like they did against Oakland every now and then it's going to happen. You're playing NFL teams. You're going to get scored on. You know what I mean? Like pick up the, slack. the offense needs to pick up the slack. And, and, and I, we just have really yet to see that. Um, that being said, the, the saints are on the road. They have a backup quarterback. I still think highly of this bears defense. The bears win this game. They, they have to win this game. If they don't, I think you're looking, you're, you're, the season isn't over. The sky, the sky isn't falling, but I think you, you have, you have to readjust expectations, especially on the national level. We're no longer looked at as contenders. I mean, granted, this kind of happened to us last year. We started three and one, then went to three and three. Everyone thought we were done. We came back. So the season's long. I'm not saying the season's over, but this is the time where you really, I mean, like I said earlier, you prove the the people who were on your side before the year, you prove them right. And you prove the people wrong who said that, you know, we were fake last year. So 
this is a big game for them. You know, yeah, you're, you're not going to catch a lot of people off guard like you did last year. You fall nope. to th- three and then you just go on off on a run and win 10 of the last uh, or nine of the last 10 yep. and just go on an insane run. You can't expect that to happen year in and year out. Granted, having that experience that they've done that c- can only help them. But they need to at least if they're if they're going to lose this game, they need to look good doing it. And that sounds ridiculous. But if they if they put up, you know, 30 points and they lose 30, you know, and, and somehow the defense just plays bad, has another bad game, whatever. We'll, we'll get to that. But the offense needs to show it can be a, a legit NFL offense. And then I'll start buying into this whole Super Bowl talk uh, uh, once Agreed. again. I think that that pretty much covers it uh, for Bayer Saints. Um, we'll get to our picks a little bit later, but um, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little NFL Week 6, what we saw, some of the games, um, talk about some of the big ones, and then uh, we'll continue on, do our picks for Week 7, and uh, we'll, call it a, we'll call it a week, Frankie. We will be right back on uh, the Corked Up Podcast here on Two Sons Pods. Hey guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast here on Two Cents Pod. I am Jack Savio. He is Frank Neris. Uh, I'm here, Two Cents Pod. I don't know if I already said that, whatever. Uh, on Twitter, <laughs> at Jack underscore Savio5, at Frankie G Lyrical, at Two Cents Pods on Twitter. And of course, our show Twitter, at Corked Up Podcast. Uh, hit us up there if you have any thoughts about how dumb we are, how smart we are. Probably more of the former than the latter. Um, maybe even how handsome Frank is, because... Everyone's got to talk about that every now and then. Um, Frankie, NFL Week 6, here and gone. Season's moving pretty quick. Uh, already halfway through the second quarter, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, we had some interesting games happen. Uh, NFL picks. Uh, I, 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 another week just struggling. Frankie, <laughs> I, know we, I know we texted about this, um, but I'll share it, obviously, over the podcast so people can, can hear it with their ears. I feel like this is one of the weirdest years the NFL has had in a very long time. Like teams just from week to week, they just they either they either look amazing or they just look like they suck. And then the next week, it's like the complete opposite team other than a few winless teams. And we kind of know what they are. I'd say in the middle of the pack, it's like there's like 10 teams that are like three and two or four yeah. and two or yeah. two and three or like just really grouped together at this point. Um, so it was kind of a fun week. Um, we'll just kind of start with Thursday night football, um, you know, Patriots at home against the Giants. Uh, anyone thinking that Daniel Jones had a chance in this one? Um, yeah, there's not too much to, to be said about that one. I, I'm waiting for the Patriots to play a good team. Like, can they just yeah. play someone who isn't like pretty bad and then sometimes kind of fun? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there there wasn't really anything that stood out to me other than the fact that Tom Brady, just another bad game. He looked, yeah, he looked defense, really bad. The, the Patriots defense is, is, I mean, this is a Super Bowl caliber defensive. Like if, if Brady can just not suck every week, I don't yeah. think he will. I think he'll kind of get back on track just because you, you have to trust him until he, until he just doesn't anymore. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, this, this defense is kind of picking up the slack because Brady just looks bad. He does. He does. It's he looks, not like the Giants were doing anything special. No, no, they weren't. I mean, he was just missing throws. That one pick in particular, I forgot who he was throwing it to. Maybe it was Julian Edelman up the seam. He missed him by about five yards. And like, yeah. it wasn't even, I, I, and he missed it so bad that it was like, did you think he was going to run it inside the defensive back? Like you almost give him the benefit of the doubt. Cause he never just misses throws like that, but he's looked, yeah, he's looked 
pretty bad this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 kind of shocking to be honest with you, but we'll talk a little bit more about their their matchup uh next week. Um then we got then we had Carolina at Tampa Bay uh in London. Um Frank, I I, t- I did take Tampa Bay uh mm-hmm. you know, just well. another week just another and it honestly ended up being a pretty good game. Um you know, Carolina pulled away, but Tampa Bay just kept coming and coming. Mm-hmm. I think that's a testament to Bruce Arians and and his coaching and it, it you know, Kyle Allen Looks like a legit NFL player, maybe not yep. like a superstars, you know, top 10 starting quarterback or anything like that. But he looks like a guy who can who can play a little bit in this league. Um, and these offensive pieces just seem to be working just mm-hmm. a little bit better with with Kyle Allen than, than they did with Cam Newton. Specifically, like we talked about last week, um, Christian McCaffrey, who is, like you said, Frank, the best running back in the mm-hmm. league right now. Um, Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel looked to, great. To yeah, a little bit more. Um but on the flip side, I know it's going to be a little controversial, and I talked to you about this before we started today. I thought Jameis Winston, he didn't have a game that his just his, looking at his stat line would indicate. I mean, you're thinking he threw five picks. You're probably like, my God, like, how fucking bad was he? I I didn't think he played that that poorly. He Yeah, he missed some throws, and those mm-hmm. throws that he missed ended up turning into picks more often than not. But I thought he was he was moving the ball in that offense, getting it into the guy's hands. He was escaping from the pocket, um, you know, making some, he was making plays. And, and unfortunately, you know, some of the misses he had were just really bad. And he and he turned the ball over like what six times, I think. It was just it was a rough day at the office for James Winston. Yeah, it it, it definitely was. But this wasn't a game that um would make me give up on him in an Arians offense by any means. Like he we know he's gonna he's one of those guys that's gonna have a game or two like that every year, kinda like Jay Cutler. Like we knew he's gonna have the one or two games where he just throws four or five picks. You gotta just throw that out the window because next week he'll come back. Yeah. And I think with the coaching around him, he still should be fine. Now, granted, if this becomes the norm. I think you look to ulterior uh, quarterbacks at the end of the year, but as it stands, it was just a, a bad game for him. He, he was still moving the ball. He had 400 yards throwing. Um, I, I would, he got Mike Evans involved this game. Chris Godwin looks really, really good. He is, he is starting to come to life. He's yeah. kind of taken over the role that Deshaun Jackson honestly left. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been phenomenal. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up on them. I, I would say as well, they, they, they had to throw the ball more than they liked to. They, you know, Ronald Jones didn't play as much because um, they got down by multiple scores and he had yeah. to throw that much. So that was a part of that as well. They, they want to run the ball more. And that's why Ronald Jones has been having a solid year this year is because they've been in games and they could run the ball more, but they just, it wasn't the case this game. He was, he got in a shootout and turned the ball over, but yeah, I wouldn't be too, I'm not too worried about him as it stands. Frank. Real quick, we've talked about jerseys and color jerseys and stuff like that on, on the podcast before. How do you feel about the how the, how the of like the white Carolina tops with like the blue shoulders on top of the black pants? I'm just not. They're thinking. ugly. It, yeah, it they're ugly. Doesn't. I pick, like their pick one. Pick one. I agree. Blank. It seems like there's a little bit too much going on. It's it's ugly. Uh, and then speaking of ugly, um, Washington at Miami. Uh, Frankie convinced me to take Miami last week. Um, for good reasons. Um, but then we found out that Josh Rosen was apparently only going to throw for 78 yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Washington defense that that was playing pretty well. Um, they got just enough good play out of their quarterbacks um, to, to win that game. I didn't think too much of it other than the no, fact that no. 
Josh Rosen is just you gotta feel you gotta feel bad for him, I like him or not. Him. You gotta feel horrible. The other the other takeaway that I had is that I I think Scary Terry is legitimate wide receiver one for that team. He can fucking play, man. He yeah, looks imagine good. If he had a quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. And that being said, Case Keenum isn't the worst. He's not a guy that's gonna get you anywhere, but. I would like to see Case Keenum start the rest of this year and kind of mold Dwayne Haskins a little bit more. I don't think Dwayne's ready just if, yet. If Haskins is even around next year, Frank. I I, I feel I hope so. I hope he gets a fair shot because he can play. He just I, I don't think he's it's just taking him a little bit longer, I think, to grasp and get on the same page with these weapons, but he's not a bad quarterback. I think he's gonna be a good one, but people just they give up a little bit too quick, I think. And I hope yeah. he's not a victim of that because he he's gonna be a good a good player. Then we had uh, the Battle of the Mustaches. We had Cam Jordan's uh, Saints up against Jacksonville's uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, nothing too crazy from this game. New Orleans won pretty handily. I I, I thought they looked good. Uh, yeah. You know, just just chalking up those those wins left and right. My my only take from this game because a Saints win was pretty expected was that this was the first game that Gardner Minshew looked like a rookie. He he yeah. was making the wrong reads. They really um, confused him with the post-snap stuff. I mean, but that just goes to how good the Saints defense is because he hasn't – granted, he is a rookie, so he may, he's going to have games like this, but the fact that they were the first team to do it to him just shows you how good that they are. Absolutely. Uh, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Frank, I, I, I don't want to talk about Cincinnati any more than we have to. Uh, yeah. Baltimore looked good. Uh, Lamar Jackson making a little history with the uh, 250 yards passing. What was it? 150 yards rushing or something? Yeah. Like? Yep. He, I think he made it. To, I think it got up to 160. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. In insane stuff. But I, I'm curious to see what happens in like the playoffs and stuff like that. I just I don't know if this Baltimore offense really translates to uh, to prime success. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Um, yep. Seattle at Cleveland. Um, Frank, I believe you took Cleveland again, right? At home. I took, no, I took the Seahawks. You did take the Seahawks. I took yep. the Seahawks as well on the road. Uh, Russell Wilson, just having another, another Russell Wilson game. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield calling out the refs afterwards. And honestly, Frank, I don't know if you can really blame him. I, I if, if I'm him, you know, if I'm Baker, I'm, I'm maybe understanding the situation where everyone's kind of on me right now and thinks yeah. I'm already a complainer. Maybe that's not the route to go. Uh, but I thought he had a pretty fair argument. There were there were some missed calls that the refs had in that game that I I disagreed with. I don't know about how you felt. No, I I agree with you. And the, the your take on Jameis Winston not really having a bad game, I think that's tenfold for Baker. He had two picks that were not his fault whatsoever. Um, you know they they were catchable balls that that the receiver didn't get uh, that were picked off. I think he had three more picks this game, and only one of them were really his fault. Um, the, the, the Browns offense just isn't in sync, but like I said, I'm not panicking. I still have them making the playoffs. I thought it would look a lot like this early, and once they, they get going, and, and for everyone already calling Baker a bust, get over yourself. He hasn't even started 16 games yet. Like People are so impatient. Yeah. We, have, we get one Patrick Mahomes in our whole lifetime who does that in his rookie year, and all of a sudden that's the standard. And that is insane. Year. And yeah. not even really his rookie year, just his yeah. first year starting. Yeah. That is insane. Like, just relax. He's not Johnny Manziel. You know what I mean? Like, j just relax. Like, he's, he's for me, he's passing the eye test. He had one really bad game this year. Outside of that, he's looked good. And I think Freddie Kitchens is not really doing him any favors. He, he's, he's, he's just, not. the play calling is just not, not very good. Yep. Uh, then we had Philadelphia at Minnesota. I took Philadelphia. I think you did too. Not I don't remember. I took Philly, yes. You did? Yeah. It, well, of course, we, we forgot that we didn't account that it's a noon game when it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Apparently. 
because uh, man, that <laughs> that offense. Um, Stephon Diggs decided, all right, I'll give you one last great. chance. And then yeah. Kirk Cousins is like, all right, I'll, I'll try and convince you to stay because he just <laughs> aired him out. That that Eagles secondary, it, it listen, Frank, unless they get caught up, that this team is not going anywhere in the playoffs. Um, that that secondary is just brutally bad. When this this has been the same book on them since last year, and I hate to keep bringing it bringing that game back up, but that's that's what showed me, not showed me. That's what made me question how good Matt Nagy really was as a coach, because the way to beat these guys is to go vertical. Their secondary yeah. is not good. You don't beat them. Any secondary in the league can look good if you just put everything in front of them. You right. have to get in behind them. You have to stretch that field. And the teams that do that have success. And Stefan Diggs ran go routes the whole fucking game. What, you mean like Allen Robinson running a post, the same post route every single time? Yeah, and just getting yeah the, the, like the three Crazy. money throws on <laughs> on that drive where Parky missed that kick yeah. were all the, the same play call every single time, and it worked. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it, it's out. No, you're right, though. The Eagles secondary has to get it together. I, I thought the the Eagles offense played really well, though. Carson Wentz is, is having his, it, you know, he was my pick to be, um, you know, comeback player of the year. And I think he's he's kind of proven himself uh, to be back. I, I thought I think he's been having a really good season. Obviously, you want to see some more wins, uh, but I thought he looked good. Um, and then honestly, Frank, the, the game I kind of want to spend the most time on uh, Houston at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. For it, it, it's weird how how fate just kind of works this way. And maybe the schedule makers did it to us on purpose um, to have the Bears on a bye so that Bears fans can watch to the two quarterbacks <laughs> they didn't get play and just have an absolutely fun and just really enjoyable game to watch. Um, you know, obviously I took Kansas City at home. I think you took Houston, right? I took Houston, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Frank just proven right once again. Um, you know, Pat, the, the Chiefs offense started fast, but the, the Texans came right back with that run game. Uh, Carlos Hyde seems to have become you know, seems to be a good fit in that offense. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's we that that catch that Tyreek Hill had. There's just so many moments in that game you can just instantly bring up. But you know what's interesting, Frank? Neither really had a great game. Neither. No, QB, they didn't. Like Deshaun Watson, I think, outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that agreed, game. Agreed. Um, but man, they both of them turned the ball over quite quite a bit, and mm-hmm. not and, and I mean on interceptions too. But what what's to your point? What you always talk about. Is that those coaches, you know, Bill O'Brien and and, and Andy Reid, they're not afraid. They're not afraid to let their quarterbacks throw an interception every every once no. in a while if it means that they're going to complete, you know, at least two 40-yard-plus passes a game. Like, I don't know. What would you think of that game watching it? I thought it was very, very fun. Uh, I'm still boggled as to how that wasn't the Sunday night game yeah. or even the Monday night game. Like, I, I don't understand what the schedule makers were thinking there, but um, – I mean, they, the, the teams played to the T of what you expect out of them, and, and that's what made for a great game. I will say this. The Chiefs may want to look in the sitting Mahomes next week because he got rolled up on that ankle again. And my statement stands without his mobility, and it's not to say he's a bad pocket passer because he's not, but you take away a totally di- – I mean, it's a, he's a totally different player when, he's eight, when he has that mobility to roll out and make throws on the run. Because you can't plan for that yeah, and you whatsoever. Saw him, and you saw him a, a few times during the game where you're like, I I, I was at least kind of like yelling at the screen, like, like get out of the pocket. And he, and just, he, can't. he just wouldn't move. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, and he's it's, like I said, it's around. not that he's it's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's that 
once he gets hurt, you have not game planned as an offense for him to be a pocket passer. So now you're changing mid game what you have to do. And that just throws a curveball yeah. to your offense. You know what yeah. I mean? And, if they game plan a whole game, he'd probably he'd be okay. Yeah. And, and Frank, honestly, that, that game kind of solidified the way I've been thinking for the pretty much this, this not since the beginning of this year. Cause I, I kind of, you know, I, I wasn't as high on him, but, but kind of just seeing the way he's kind of rebounded this year, it kind of reinforces the, the, the pain that I feel that the, or the, the feeling of a mistake was made. Not that the bears didn't take Pat Mahomes over Mitch Trubisky, but honestly that they didn't take Deshaun Watson over him. Um, I, I felt that way during the draft. Uh, when did. It happened. We had many conversations about it way I before just, we started a podcast. Pat Mahomes to me was, I, everyone had him in the second round, not even in the first round. So I was like, Oh, if the bears can get him in the, in the second round. Great. Let's see what he get. Let's see what he has. But like, it was honestly either Deshaun Watson or Jamal Adams for me with the third yeah. pick. Like I wanted a quarterback who, who was a proven winner. Frank, honestly, right now, I don't know how you talk about MVP without discussing Deshaun Watson right now. He just has that offense rolling. And, um, you know, what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson so far and just how he played in that game? He he's looks phenomenal. And th- this was the first game this year where his offensive line consistently protected him. Yeah. And he showed you what he can do when he's protected. He he looked really, really good. He still has the issue every now and then of holding the ball a little bit too long. But I'm okay with that if that means he's looking to make plays. He's not just holding the ball because he's making the wrong reads. He's holding the ball because he's trying to go downfield. Yeah. And I'm the guy that gets on this podcast week in and week out and wants <laughs> the Bears to go vertical. And that's exactly what Deshaun Watson does. He's holding that ball so he doesn't have to dump the ball off every single play. And it's he's no stranger to that. He'll, he'll get the ball to, to Duke Johnson and he'll get the ball to Carlos Hyde every now and then. Sometimes a tight end in the flat or something. But he's looking to make plays. And I just want that out of the Bears offense. I want my quarter. and But I I don't think it's on him that he's not doing that. I think it's on the coach. And and O'Brien has said, hey, this is what you do, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to play to your strength. We're going to let you go downfield. We're going to let you take chances. And and that's – and to your point, you you made a really good point where it's Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes are both looking to make plays mm-hmm. where I think Mitch is looking to make the right play or the correct play, at least what he's being told yep. as opposed to just, he, he maybe he doesn't trust what he sees at this point, And he's just like, Oh no, 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 that's, that can't be what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's just not trusting himself. Whereas these he, guys are just playing with so much confidence right now. It's, it's I, un- think, I think the biggest difference is he's being overcoached and these guys are not. Yeah, they're they're being they're they're tailoring their offenses to what they do best as opposed yep. to just trying to f- make Mitch fit into what they're trying to do. You know what I yep. mean? And I Absolutely. think we saw a little bit of that last year where it was like, all right, Mitch isn't ready for the for the high level stuff. Let's let's scale it back. Let's get him some plays he's familiar with and just let him fucking sling it a couple games. And yep, I think that's what we saw against the Tampa Bay game. You know yep. what I mean? Like, granted, again, Tampa Bay's defense sucks. Um. But, you know, I think for a lot of a lot of GMs who, who hit on, on great picks, obviously, the, you know, the Chiefs hitting on on um, on Pat Mahomes, great selection. But there's also some moves that they make that are not, not as good. Surprise, surprise. It happens to every team. Giving Frank Clark one hundred million dollars, letting Justin <laughs> Houston, um, D Ford, letting them go. What are you getting from Frank Clark? Nothing. You got nothing in that yep. game. That, that Chiefs defense, man. 
they are not Super Bowl worthy at all. And and I'm curious to see how far they're going to make it in the playoffs. I can't honestly see them beating the Patriots with this with just the offense. I agree. Uh, and then kind of moving on easily, Frank. Well, uh, Frank's most disappointing the team of the year. Frank, our you know team I love to hate on just about as much as any other team. Um, Atlanta at Arizona. Kyler. Looking good again, Frank. Second week in a row. Um, what are your thoughts from this game? Not, I, I don't imagine too many, but. No, uh, not too much. Everything that I saw this game, I, I already talked about last week. The, the Falcons are really, well, their defense is bad. The offense has still looked solid. Like it, people have been trying to shit on Matt Ryan, but it's like, dude, what the fuck is he supposed to do? Like he's putting up points. There's not yeah. much more he can do. Uh, and the offense is all Julio Jones still looks like Julio Jones. Calvin really looks good. Muhammad Sanu was the safety blanket. Like they look good. Uh, Devontae Freeman week by week seems to be getting his explosion back, but that defense is bad. And just like you said, Kyler Murray looks good, man. I, I like his progression. Um, I still think Cliff Kingsbury, when, when the expectations are here, whether that be next year or this year or next year, he's going to show that he's not that good of a, uh, of a coach, but, um, but yeah, no, not for nothing. Kyler looks, looks damn good so far this year. Yeah, Atlanta, I don't understand. I mean, the report's out that uh, Dan Quinn's job is is pretty, it seems like it's secured, which I, I don't, his whole thing is defense. And his yeah. defense is one of the worst defenses in the league, and, and they're costing them games. I don't quite understand that correlate. It's almost like Chuck Pagano of the Colts, where it's like the defense is supposed to be his thing, and their defense is just really bad, but then yeah. they have a really good offense who wins them games they're not supposed to win. I feel like that's exactly what's happening, and and, and I'm yeah. sure Falcons fans are, are probably not happy. Um, fuck them. Doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, Frank, five and zero San Francisco 49ers heading into LA, getting that W. I know I took San Francisco. For, I think you took the Rams, right? I took the Rams. Yeah. When are you gonna start believing in my boy Jimmy G handing that ball off 70 times a game, huh? Yeah, he. I. You know what? I think that there's two reasons why I still don't fully buy into them is that Jimmy hasn't won them a game yet. He hasn't no. looked good this year. No, yes. But two, I still refuse to believe, and granted, they have been good, but for as bad as the Niners' defense was last year and as good as they are this year, I think their true selves is somewhere in the middle. And once they play a really good team, it's going to show that. And, and I said that to say the Rams have not been a good team this year. They, I mean, they look like the Bears' offense out there. Like that's I, I And I don't know if it's that 15 second thing, or maybe teams are just kind of catching up to McVay. And now he has to kind of adjust to the adjustment of the adjustment. Cause he already adjusted to the adjustment. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they just, they look discombobulated and golf just hasn't looked good. If this, no. if this was Mitch Trubisky, he'd be getting fucking killed right now, but you don't hear a peep about Jared Goff this year. Because it's not because people don't never associated success with Jared Goff for that offense they succeed they they credit Sean McVay with that well so if the offense isn't playing well it's not Jared Goff it's Sean McVay right, needs to be right. better but even then you don't really hear you don't really hear about the offense struggling it's it's all about oh it's the defense no, no and, defense is but I pretty bad but I had um I had something on in the background today uh this morning when I got home from the gym and they were just like yeah you know I think um I think he's gonna get it together. I think McVeigh, he, you know, he he's not a bad coach. He he's he's gonna do it. Let that people have been and and granted, Nagy has deserved it, but so is McVeigh this year. He deserves yeah. criticism and he's not getting it. He's getting the benefit of the doubt. And and it's like, 
<laughs> something's got to give here. You know what I mean? It, when, that when level won, of when he, yeah, when he wins one more game than Matt Nagy did last year. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah, and, yeah. and in a game where Nagy actually beat Sean McVay head to head, it's like Nagy is getting absolutely shit on. But I, you know, again, because they never, because they didn't, they didn't have that year where they just put up point after like last year, the Rams offense was amazing until they came to Chicago and then Khalil Mack broke that offense and it, yep. it was broken for the rest of the playoffs. Yep. Um, Tennessee at Denver, Frank, Funniest thing about this game is just Mar- Marcus Mariota. Like we talked about Jameis Winston and my God, Marcus Mariota. Wow. He, he looks. He's no terrible. longer a starting quarter. If, if I'm Tennessee, I'm having Tannehill start the rest of the season. You have to move on from Mariota. Like, yeah, this is like, if this was Mitch, I'd be saying the same exact Mitch has never played this bad. He has never played as bad as Marcus Mariota has against, uh, against the Broncos this week. He looked fucking terrible. He, he just looks average. Like it doesn't, I mean, you know, the coming out of college, he was the next great quarterback. Yeah. And, but I, I don't know if it's maybe the Titan system, but they have good players around him. They have, you know, Corey Davis, who's, who's a good player. AJ uh, Brown. Yeah. AJ Delaney Brown. Who's, who's, been a, who's been a really good as, as a rookie so far, they yeah. have a good run game and Derek Henry. It's like, they have a solid offensive line. It's just like that quarterback has just been absolutely brutal. He's dreadful. He's, and, he's and dreadful. Imagine getting benched for Ryan Tannehill. Like, no offense to Ryan Tannehill, but... Dude, but Tannehill came in and moved. I know he threw at least one pick. I don't know if it was two, but he was moving the ball. Like, Corey yeah. Davis was getting hit while he was open with Tannehill in the game. I, I, I'm rolling the dice on Tannehill. See, I, I, if I'm them, I'm done with Mariota. You yeah. see what you have in Tannehill before you go into the next year. Mariota just, is done. I think part of it with, with Tannehill is, like, when quarterbacks like that come into games, we saw it with Chase, and teams aren't really prepared for that it's harder to kind of get, to get situated on them. And they're yeah. and at that point, they're just playing free and easy. They're not, you know, going in with a game That's plan. Fair. They're just like, let's keep it simple. Let's just play some football, see what happens. That's fair. Uh, Denver look good though. I mean, you know, I'm curious to see when, if, if Drew Locke is going to come in at any point in this season. Cause I mean, Joe Flacco's, yeah, he's just looked pretty unimpressive. Honestly. He, he has, but to, to be fair, they have been super conservative on offense. Yes. Like, I think with him, I mean, he's not the quarterback that he was. Like, he's, you could tell he's old. I mean, he's he looks old. But his arm strength is still there. I would think they'd go down the field a little bit more. I mean, they have Cortland Sutton. They have Deshaun Hamilton. Noah Fant looks all right as a rookie tight end. Um, they have Emmanuel Sanders, who did get hurt. He may be out for the rest of the year. But it's like they have the weapons to do a little bit, be a little bit more creative on offense. And that's been a little – but Sutton's still having a good year for me, fantasy. So that's been uh, fun to watch. There you go. They have committed uh, to the run very well, though. I'll say that, too. Speaking of a team that I'm sure wishes they were still in a fantasy, Frank, uh, Dallas going into the New York Jets. Oh boy, Frank. Yeah. Let's start with the Cowboys and we'll talk with, uh, we'll talk about what, what the man, the myth, the legend did in that game. Uh, ginger quarterback, you know, just representing us very well. Um, Frank Dallas does not look good right now. They no. have to be very concerned. <laughs> I mean, I'm not all that surprised they they have been an up and down team since Dak took over like he he's an above average quarterback that he's going to shred the bad teams and he's going to look like this against competent to good defenses like he didn't look terrible by any means he he, he never looks terrible right but is he a guy that like I, I just think they get a little too far ahead of themselves thinking he's a guy that they can win because of 
What were your thoughts on the comments that Jerry Jones made that he said it, you know, this isn't on Jason Garrett. What were your thoughts on that? I, I found those to be pretty interesting comments. I, I don't know what Jason Garrett has to do to lose that job, <laughs> but if I can get that level of job security, I would 100% take it. And it's not like he's been a bad coach because he hasn't, he's been an average to an above average coach year to year, but you get caught in this cycle of mediocrity or this cycle of, of nine and seven or, or making the playoffs one year, not making it another, like you want sustained success. You don't want to just keep rolling the dice and seeing what happens year after year. Right. I just feel like with the weapons that they have, if you put a better coach in there and granted, I mean, Kellen Moore himself has shown you that he has them looking like a, even in losses, he has them looking like a different offense than last year, but it's, I mean, when you got guys coming to the sideline, not giving him a high five, not shaking his hand, like, I don't think the players like him anymore. Or maybe not like him. Maybe that's too strong. I don't think they're bought in anymore. Right. It just becomes one of those things that you just need to make a change just honestly for the sake of making a change. Like, you uh, he's been you know there. what I mean? He's, he's had some good seasons. They've, they've, won yeah. some, they've won a lot of games, but I think that has a lot more to do with, with Jerry Jones getting the pieces together, which ironically – um, you know, making the draft picks, but, but I, I think I agree, Jason Garrett, I, I don't know how much respect he, he kind of commands at this point in that locker room. And, and when your team has high expectations, like the Cowboys did coming into this year and, and you, you drop three in a row, um, to really good teams. And then you go into the jets and you're expecting it to get right. And you just, you just kind of get blown out. Like it's just not good. But on yeah. the other side of that, Dude, Frank, you talked about him a lot going into the season. Unfortunately, he really wasn't able to get it going because of, you know, some the mono and stuff like that. But dude, Sam Darnold just coming in and having an absolute beast of a game, like just making all the throws exactly what you'd expect to see from a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's passed the eye test since day one for me. He looks he looks like he's going to be the guy. I was pretty disappointed that Adam Gase got that job, you know, going into this year. Um, but on the on that was sort of short-sighted. I think if he's there for a year or two, three tops, I think he does get Darnold still trending in that direction. Because say what you will about uh, Gase as a leader of men, which I don't think he's a very good one, but he's a good play caller. He's good at developing guys on the offensive side. So he can kind of hand that portion off to whoever's coaching next in a couple of years, I think. But Darnold, he looked he looked damn good. He made Robbie Anderson look like a professional wide receiver. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> like, I, here's the thing. Ro- Robbie Anderson, uh, Jamison Crowder, and Le'Veon Bell, and probably Sam, da- Sam Darnold are going to win some people some fantasy championships because that offense is going to be pretty solid. If you didn't have Jamison Crowder or he, and he's not picked up in a league going into yesterday – Make sure you go and get him this yeah. week because he's. It, it looks like he's already a favorite, a favorite target of of Sam Darnold. One hundred percent. Yeah. Curious to see how that that uh, sort of evolves. Um, and then that was uh, you know, heading into the Sunday night game, which Frank, I got to be honest with you, I watched about two seconds of because I, it's the same shit from the Chargers we see every single year. We go into it saying I pick the Chargers, you pick the Chargers. The Pittsburgh yep. Steelers on their third fucking string quarterback, a guy no one's ever heard of, and they drop 24 points on the Chargers like it's nothing. The Chargers made it interesting a little bit closer to the end, but I think it shows how good of a, a wide receiver Juju is, like just a, as a playmaker. But my God, Frank, 
come on. Like, wh- this this shit from the Chargers, <laughs> it's got to stop eventually, right? They literally play the same. Someone tweeted this, and I've been thinking this. I just never, like, totally put the thought together, but the Chargers literally play the same game every single week. They get down 17 to nothing or 21 nothing, <laughs> and, like, make it close and still lose. Like, I just yeah. don't under – or but it's, like, year by year because a few years ago – I think it was two years ago. They lost like six games by missed field goals at the yeah. end of the game. It was like the same fucking game every single week. They and, are the weirdest team, dude. I don't understand it. Keenan Allen coming out saying it's the sh- the same shit on Twitter. It's yeah. that was great. And then uh, the, the the Chargers guard Forrest Lamp, who uh, who called out the fans in Los Angeles. He's like, we're yeah, we're used to not having fans here. It's a bunch of bullshit. Like yeah. He's not he's not wrong in that though. Have you seen the crowds at LA it's, games? It's bad. even for the Rams who were in the Super Bowl. There's no one, there's no home field advantage to those games. Why did the NFL go back there? I get it because the media market, but is it really even that profitable if no one's paying attention to your games? Yeah, I have no you clue. Built these huge stadiums it's for bad. these teams, and no one's gonna go. It's I bad. don't. I just why are LA fans so like, dude, if you watch, like, if you watch Lakers games, if you watch even Clippers games now, if you watch Dodgers games, they're all over the place. But in the, for whatever reason, they just do not give a shit about football. It makes, no. it makes no sense. Um, Frank, other than that, uh, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, you know, we decided to do this podcast a little bit earlier in the week, just schedule wise. So, um, you know, behind the peak, behind the curtains, we are actually recording on Monday. So uh, the Monday night football game has not um, concluded. So we're still waiting. I'm still taking the Packers, even though they are going to be without Devontae Adams. I think that hurts them a little bit more. If this game's in Detroit, I'm I'm probably taking the Lions, but just, you know, at Green Bay. Until they, until the Lions can prove something a little bit more, I'm going to stick with Green Bay. Frank? I had, yeah, I had Detroit, um, and they're actually looking good right now. So a further peek behind the curtain as we're recording is they are up 10-0. Um, Galladay, two two receptions, 76 yards, helping out your cause here. Can and I carry can on I Johnson switch, with the one-yard touchdown? Pick to the, can I switch my pick to the Lions? No, no. I can't. Nope. No, because I already I already locked it in. Uh, the, the Bears, the Raiders, uh, the Bills, and the Colts were all on buys, in case you were wondering about them. Um, Frank, other than that, I don't have too much to say. I think we yeah, can try to just jump in picks. for our picks. So NFL week seven kicks off Thursday night, Kansas city at Denver. Um, Frank, this is a get right game for the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, unless Pat Mahomes, you know, is, is really hurt. It doesn't play. If he sits, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Denver, but if he plays, obviously I'm going to go with the chiefs. I think the Broncos keep it rolling at home. Ooh. The Chiefs have been unimpressive. I think the Chiefs go on their first three-game losing streak. Uh, they've been on their first second game, two-game losing streak with Pat Mahomes. I think I think the Broncos win this game, tighten okay. up that division a little bit. I like that. Uh, Houston at Indianapolis. Frank, it's not even going to be a contest. The Colts are going to kick their fucking ass. Listen, the Colts win. You're, you're guar- you can pencil in two games a year for the Colts, no matter what, or I'm sorry. <laughs> well, technically three, because they're always going to be the Titans at home away. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Colts are winning that game. Colts always beat Houston at home. It doesn't, they, they won when Andrew Luck wasn't playing yeah. a bunch of times. Okay. They won with Curtis Painter at, at the helm. I think I don't remember. You I'm might not, be right. No, they did. They did. Curtis Painter behind the wheel. Getting their first game, first win of the season, I believe it was. So I'm gonna go with the Colts over Texans. I feel pretty confident in it, Frankie. I'm going, I'm going the Colts as well. Um, 
Deshaun Watson has been very up and down this season. He had an up. I'm expecting more of a down this game. And the Colts are just good. At home, I got the Colts. Darius Leonard, I believe, is going to be back for this game. They had a bye week, like I said, so hopefully they get some of their defensive starters back. Um, I just like Indy at home. Uh, San Francisco at Washington. Frank, I'm going San Francisco to go 6-0. Come on. The Redskins aren't winning that game. (laughs) San Francisco. (laughs) No, that'll be the game that they win. Uh, Arizona at New York Giants. Frank, I like I like the way Kyler's playing. Um, You know, with that being said, though, I I believe it sounds like Saquon might be back. I think he is. Yeah, I'm going Giants in this one, Frankie. I'm going Giants in this one as well. This is the battle of uh, Danny Dimes and and Kyler here. But let's Um, say this. Let let me say this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona wins this game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if either team won this. I mean, it's it, the game doesn't mean very much, but um, I got the Giants at home on this in this one. Miami at Buffalo. Frank, I'm taking Buffalo. No questions asked. Yeah, the Dolphins may get negative points against Buffalo. That would be fascinating to watch. Uh, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Um, I just think Jacksonville's a better team. Gardner's going to kind of tear the. I, I expect Gardner to play very well against this Bengals defense. Agreed. Yeah, I, the Bengals go 0 and 7. Uh, oh, I thought you said 0-16. I don't know why I thought that. Uh, Oakland at Green Bay. Frank, I'm taking Oakland. I'm Ooh. taking the Oakland Raiders in this game. Uh, a bye week coming off after off a win against the Bears. I think the, the, the Raiders, if they employ a very similar type of game plan they used against the Bears, I don't know, Frank. I like some of the secondary pieces that they had. Kind of getting to see the Raiders up close and personal. Kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I, I don't think this team is as bad as, as we thought. And just, you know, we'll we'll see what, what some of the receivers do. But I, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about this game. I'm going Packers. Uh, the Raiders fucking cold cocked us. Bush League shit. We didn't know they were that good. The Packers are going to know if they're good. And they're <laughs> going to beat them at Lambeau. <laughs> Raiders all the way, baby. Uh, Rams at Atlanta. Frank. I'm Come taking on. the Rams. They have to They have to get right in this game, right? If they can't get right against this secondary, something's got to give. Sean yeah, McVay I got the Rams. better just stay at the airport in Atlanta. Yeah, no shit. Um, then we got Minnesota at Detroit. Frank, I'm taking Detroit in this one. At I'm home, taking Detroit as well. Ford Field. Uh, it is a what new game. What time is the game? So Ooh. Yeah, so Kirk Cousins may be, may be up for a challenge, but... I think that this Lions team is just is just they're looking good right now. They look solid. I, I just think they might be a better team than the Vikings right now, kind of overall. We'll we'll see. I agree. We'll see. I got the Lions as well. Uh, <laughs> Frank Chargers at Tennessee. Jesus fucking Christ! I, like, what do you, can I pick a tie? Can you actually do that? Um, I'm gonna go with the Chargers to win this one. Listen, if it wasn't the if it was any other team, if it was the Bengals. If it was the Dolphins, if it was the Washington Redskins, Anyone. I would go with those teams over the Chargers. The Titans There's... are the most unwatchable team in the league right now. <laughs> like, say what you will about Cincy. That head coach has them fun. Like, they yeah. suck, but they are at least watchable. Yeah. Yeah, no, this 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 Titans team is just brutally bad. We'll see what happens at quarterback. Uh, I, I'm guessing Mariota will start, but he'll probably get the hook pretty early if, if things go poorly. Uh, a very interesting game, uh, Baltimore at Seattle. Um, Frank, That's I'm going to take game. Seattle in this one. Uh, they're at home, and I, I just think Russell Wilson's playing on another level right now. He has been. No, he has been. This game, fuck, that's a tough one. And we're going in cold since we are recording on a Monday, so we haven't had a chance to look at. I know. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens. 
I'm 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 gonna go Ravens for no real basis other than it just feels <laughs> like that's what's supposed to happen because the Seahawks have been the better team, but I think the Ravens go in there and get the W. Let's just say that those uh those defenses better bring some oxygen tanks because yes. uh, there's gonna be a lot of running a lot of running in that game. Yes. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Um, then we got uh we'll save Saints Bears for last. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday night game Philly at Dallas. Frank, I'm going. I'm going uh, Philly to take the lead in the division um, at Dallas. Really, just stun the Dallas crowd. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Same, same. I just have not bought into to Dallas. I've seen whatsoever. a lot more positives from the Eagles' offense than I have from anything that the Cowboys have shown when they're pl- when they're playing good teams. Like the Eagles have been playing pretty decent teams throughout the yes. year, you know. Yes. And I think that they've shown that they've just been a better team right now. Um, than anything the Cowboys have shown us when they played decent quality opponents. I agree. Then we have uh, our Monday nighter, New England at New York, uh, the New York Jets. Come Frank, on. Frank, Come I'm on. taking the Jets in this one. I'm oh, taking geez. the Jets. I, I I did it earlier in the year. I, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like, Sam Darnold's taking him out. Let's go, baby. It's Sam Darnold's time to shine. Two-game win streak. The Patriots have to lose at some point. Tom Brady's going to have a brutal game. Jamal Adams is going to obliterate him into the dust, turn him into the 42-year-old man with the cane right after the game. It's over. Sam Darnold, 300 yards, three touchdowns, ball game. All of that is probably true, and the Patriots are still going to win 35-3. to <laughs> Brady's going to have a cane and just be throwing fucking dimes. <laughs> Oh God! Jesus are you Christ. are you taking the Patriots? I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah. Oh come on! I didn't sell you at all. It's not not even not even. I love I love Sam Darnold, but <laughs> not even a little bit. You don't think Adam Gase is gonna outskeet Bill Belichick? <laughs> I'm going Adam Gase. I'm sticking with it. I don't care. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, then we got the Saints at the Bears. Uh, Frankie, I'm taking Bears. Give me Bears. I, I'm I, going. I, I'm. A caveat: If Mitch plays Bears, if Mitch doesn't play, I'm, I will take the Saints in this one. I'll I'm in this. I'm in the same boat. That it being is said, Monday, so we don't know who's gonna if, if Mitch. Right. Plays. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. The Saints have looked good as of late with their backup quarterback. The Bears have not looked so good, but I'm sticking with what I thought of these teams beforehand. I would have never thought that Teddy B would be getting wins with the Saints team. I would have never thought the Bears would lose to someone like Oakland. I'm not gonna be a prison, prisoner of the moment. You have a backup quarterback going into Soldier Field against a top three defense in the Chicago Bears. The Bears are going to win this fucking game. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, on the bye week, we got uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay Bucks, Carolina Panthers, and the Cleveland Browns. So, Frank, hopefully the Steelers the are probably back on track. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, the Steelers are probably a little bit annoyed that the bye week's coming because they've started to look a little bit better. I mean... They're back in the division. Say what you will. That division isn't really that good right now. Like, no, they have you, a chance think, at the playoffs. You, you, you take a glance and you're like, oh, God, the Ravens have to be up, you know, by a bunch of games. And it's like, no, the Ravens really haven't pulled away either because they had no. a little tough of a stretch there. But I think they get back on track. Um, uh, Not this week, though, because I have Seattle winning. So um, could be a rough day for the AFC North. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that does it for this week's edition of the Corked Up Podcast. Um, you know, uh, people keep talking, wanting me to talk baseball. We will, I promise at some point. Yeah, I'm we'll sure. talk NBA as uh, well at some point too. Oh God. Um, fuck them. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the Nationals look good. Here's our baseball talk. Uh, Cardinals suck. Houston Astros good. Yankees, whatever. That's my baseball talk right there, Frankie. Um, this has been a this has been a blast. You know, go Jets, go Raiders. Here we go. It's gonna be fun. What about I'll talk Atlanta to you next week, Frankie? No, fuck, fuck Atlanta. They blew a lead. <laughs> Did you see that tweet I sent you the other day? Yeah. It was like two years, eight months, and three days to the day that the that the Falcons blew their lead against the Patriots. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Fuck the Falcons. It couldn't have, you know, watching this happen to them, it's just absolutely great. You're seeing them just bomb as a franchise because they couldn't fucking hold a 28 to three lead against one of the douchiest teams ever. You know, if they lose, if they win that game, Brady retires. I'm telling you this right now. It's over. He's done. He scores three points in a fucking Super Bowl. He's done. He's done. Belichick's like, get the fuck out of here. Let me keep my boy Jacoby Brissett. Jimmy G, come back. That's what he's saying right now. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He's hoping that Jimmy G will come back to play for him eventually. Fuck him. Frankie, I've had enough of this. I'll see you next week. Later. Later.